your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 255 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get 20% off of your next order. And for today, we're going to continue our series here where we take a look at the best and worst case scenarios for every player on the New York Rangers. We already did defensemen. That was actually a couple of weeks ago at this point, but we ended up having Tom Laidlaw and Jason Strudwick on the show as guests. We got a total of four episodes uh, talking to both of them. We had a great time with that. Always cool to hear from some former Rangers for the first time in the podcast history, getting some former Rangers on the show here. Uh, but what we're going to do now is get back to what we started when we looked at the best and worst case scenarios for every single Ranger defenseman on the team, or at least the six that I think will be active on opening night. What we're going to do today is take a look at the best and worst case scenarios for all three Rangers that I believe will be playing on the top line, at least when the season begins. I wanted to kind of spread this out a little bit, not shove, you know, nine or 12 forwards into one episode here and just kind of overwhelm you guys. Plus, there's a lot of other things we got to talk to today as well, including the latest look at the NHL's calendar, as it has now been announced that the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed to a 56-game regular season. So we're going to dive into that as well. But first, let's go ahead. As promised, we'll start with the Ranger first line here, and we will go ahead and look at the best-case scenarios and the worst-case scenarios for all three of these players. So no real surprises here as far as the three players that I think will comprise the Rangers top line, at least at the start of the regular season. I think you kind of just stick with what works, and you go with Chris Kreider at left wing, Mika Zibanejad at center, and Pavel Buchnevich at right wing. So we'll start with Chris Kreider. Worst-case scenario, I think, first and foremost, it's something that has always kind of... You know, I don't want to say that it's plagued Chris Kreider, but that's too strong of a word, but it's something that's just always kind of been there, and that is his streakiness. Uh, Kreider has been a very good, very reliable player for the Rangers since he came in the league. He's now the longest tenured Ranger by quite a bit, actually. And, you know, even when Kreider does suffer from the streakiness that seems to have, you know, been something of an issue for him throughout his career, I don't think it's a lack of effort or anything like that. He's just a streaky player. You know, they do exist around the league. His game just kind of seems to get away from him at times. I wish I could figure it out. I'm sure the Rangers over the years wish they could figure it out as well, because there have been a lot of times over the years where it looked like Chris Kreider was about to become a bona fide superstar in this league, and then, you know, he just kind of disappears for a couple of games. This does seem to happen. Uh, one of Kreider's best attributes is his speed. And if we're talking about worst-case scenarios here, we have to acknowledge the fact that he's going to turn 30 years old during this season. Now, that's not ancient by any stretch of the imagination, but it's fair to wonder if, at some point, is Chris Kreider's speed going to begin to deteriorate a little bit, or at least just regress from him being an elite speedster in this league to, you know, just being pretty fast? And then does it get to a point where he's just got fairly good speed, and then it does it get to a point where he has average speed, and then does it get to a point where he has below average speed. Uh, certainly all those things are not going to happen in this season alone, and I do think we're still a ways away from Kreider uh, literally slowing down significantly, but facts are facts. You know, when a player gets older, the speed tends to go in the opposite direction, and we're not there yet. 
Like we said, Kreider, he's going to be just 30 years old at the end of this regular season coming up, but it's at least conceivable that the speed, you know, starts to regress a little bit uh, year after year, and maybe even slightly does so this season as well. Although, like I said, at 30, I think Chris Kreider is still going to be one of the elite burners in the league, but we have to at least acknowledge the possibility that as Kreider gets older, uh, the speed will decrease a little bit. Uh, that's really all I've got. I don't foresee any kind of scenario where Chris Kreider uh, gets lazy or complacent, you know, with the new contract that he got. He's obviously very well paid, signing a seven-year extension with the New York Rangers. And you never know how that contract's going to look at the tail end of it, but we're a ways away from that. I'm not too worried about how Chris Kreider is going to be performing in the final year of a seven-year contract, at least not yet. Uh, the best-case scenario for Chris Kreider is I think he gets named the captain this offseason. I'm not so sure that that's going to happen. I think if the Rangers were going to announce a captain for this season going into next season, we probably would have heard about it by now. Doesn't mean it still can't happen, but it just feels like the timing just wouldn't be right because the regular season is scheduled for January 13th. Today is December 21st, so man, we're only three weeks away from NHL hockey, so definitely get excited about that. But the bottom line, I don't think that the Rangers, if they haven't announced a captain up to this point, I don't think they're going to just squeeze it in there uh, right before the regular season starts. Doesn't mean it can't possibly happen, but I don't really envision it at this point. But if the Rangers do name a captain, and this is something that we've talked about on and off throughout the history of this podcast, if they do name a captain, Chris Kreider is still my guy. I know there's a lot of love out there for Mika Zibanejad, there's even some whispers that maybe the Rangers want to hold off for a while and eventually name Alexi Lafreniere to be the captain. They're certainly not going to do that now when he's 19 years old and just entering the league. We'll see if they go down that road. You don't have to have a captain, and I think that it's important to note that as well. Uh, you don't have to force it if you don't feel the time is appropriate to name one. It's not like a team without a captain can't possibly perform, but Chris Kreider is still my guy. I think if you put the C on him, you name him the captain, it gives him that sense of purpose. It emphasizes how important he's going to be as a leader to this team going forward and I just think you get the best out of Chris Kreider every single night in that scenario. And in the worst-case scenario portion that we just got done with here, we talked about how Kreider's always been a little bit streaky, right? Well, in a best-case scenario, that streakiness finally goes away. This is the year that Chris Kreider truly becomes an elite big-time superstar in this league. That's a best-case scenario. And you might hear that and say, ah, well, come on, you know, he's been in the league for nine years. Kreider is who he is at this point. The streakiness is here to stay. You just have to take the good with the bad when it comes to Chris Kreider. And I hear you, but I don't think the idea is as crazy as it sounds because Kreider is still just 29 years old. You know, we're not talking about a 36-year-old player suddenly eliminating streakiness from his game. It's something that he can still tackle. He can still become the type of consistent player that the Rangers have always wanted him to be. And if you look at last season, before Kreider got injured, he was having one of the best seasons of his life. He was on fire. 24 goals and 21 assists in 63 games for a total of 45 points. And it just felt like all those goals he scored, he scored some big goals for the Rangers last season. He had five game-winning goals that tied for the most in his NHL career. And it just felt like he always delivered in those clutch moments. Something else that's working in Chris Kreider's favor and another reason why I believe it's at least possible that he eliminates the streakiness that he's had throughout his career and becomes, you know, one of those guys who's just a big time contributor every single night. It's because of the simple fact that since Kreider has come into the league, has he ever played with a center as good as Mika Zibanejad? I really don't think he has, and we see the career trajectory that Mika Zibanejad is on right now. I mean, he's just getting better and better every single season. Those two have palpable very real chemistry, and I just think that if you keep the two of them on the same line together, the sky is the limit for both of them. Uh, that chemistry is very real. It's another reason why I don't think there's any reason to shoehorn Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin onto the same line together. They do just fine playing on separate lines, and when you look at the dynamic between Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, the two of them have kind of elevated each other in recent seasons. Additionally, 
Kreider might eventually get the opportunity to play with guys like Capo Caco, who I think a lot of us expect to take a big jump this season. He might eventually get a chance to play with Alexi Lafreniere. I realize they're both left wings, but Kreider switching positions is not out of the question. He could eventually move over to right wing to allow himself, Artemi Panarin, and Alexi Lafreniere to all play top six roles. We're going to talk about that in just a second as well. But I think just by the simple fact that he plays with Mika Zibanejad, he's going to rack up some serious points. I mean, we saw what Mika Zibanejad did last season. Someone's going to be scoring off of Mika Zibanejad's passes, and someone's going to be getting assists setting up Mika Zibanejad. And I think Chris Kreider uh, obviously is in line to do a lot of both of those things in this upcoming season. And something else that you may not realize, Chris Kreider tends to get better with every season that goes by. Now, granted, he tends to do so very gradually, but if you look at every season he's been in the NHL, he has mostly gotten better and better as those seasons have progressed. You know, we say that about Mika Zibanejad a lot, and we kind of marvel at how much better he's gotten with every year that goes by that he spends as a New York Ranger. And that jumps off the page, the way Mika Zibanejad's production has just skyrocketed with every passing season. But Chris Kreider, it generally gets better and better throughout every season in the NHL. If you look at every season that he's played, his average points per game, I'm just doing this in terms of points, but his average points per game has increased just about every season. And over the past three seasons, Kreider has gone from 0.63 points per game to 0.65 points per game to a career best this past year, 0.71 points per game. So generally, this is a player who Again, he does it very gradually, but he tends to get better and better and better every season. And when you're playing with skilled players like Mika Zibanejad, like Capo Caco, like Alexi Lafreniere, even the defensemen. I mean, look at guys like Tony D'Angelo out there who can set Kreider up for goals. Look at guys like Jacob Truba and Adam Fox. I just think a career season for Chris Kreider and that elusive point-per-game plateau that he has not yet reached in his career, it's still within reach, at least in a best-case scenario. And if he doesn't quite get there, I get the feeling he could get pretty close this season. I do think Chris Kreider is going to have a real nice season. He could have a career best year. He did it last year, so I don't think there's anything to stop him from doing it again this year, especially when you consider that this Ranger team looks better this year than it did last year because you've got a lot of guys who have improved since the beginning of last season. You've also added Alexi Lafreniere to the mix. And the only significant skater that the Rangers lost was Jesper Faust. And as much as I love Jesper Faust, he wasn't really having anything to do with Chris Kreider's point production. So very bullish on Chris Kreider this season coming up. I think he has a chance to make it a career year. Something else that Chris Kreider brings to the table, we mentioned it briefly just a minute ago, but I think his versatility could be a big asset to the Rangers. Chris Kreider, by trade, is a left winger, but he can play the right wing if you need him to. And the Rangers, as we mentioned, they do all of a sudden have something of a logjam at left wing. You've got Kreider himself, Artemi Panarin, and Alexi Lafreniere. And all three of those players are going to be on the Rangers long term. I think it's actually a good thing that Lafreniere is going to be on the third line to begin the season, or at least he is on my personal depth chart here that I'm doing. But eventually, the Rangers are going to have to find a way to get Lafreniere into the top six. And that means that someone is going to have to change positions. I don't think it's going to be Panarin, especially after he was a finalist for the Ted Lindsay as well as the Hart Trophy. And you're not going to move Alexi Lafreniere either because he's supposedly a generational talent, the first thing you're going to do with Alexi Lafreniere is not going to be to ask him to switch positions. So I think Kreider's your guy. If somebody has to move, it's going to be Kreider. And we've seen him make appearances at right wing before, but his ability to play the right wing has never been more important to the Rangers than it is right now because it allows the Rangers to really stack those top two lines if that's what they want to do. You can have a situation where you have a top six that includes Panarin, Kreider, Lafreniere, Zibanejad, Strom, and Kako or Buchnevich, whoever you want to go with there. But there is a little bit of an imbalance for the Rangers right now, and Kreider can help balance the entire team out by his ability to play the right wing and hopefully not miss a beat over there. 
Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. We'll get back to the best case and worst case scenarios for the rest of the Ranger top line in just a second. But first, just want to let you guys know what's coming up on Locked on Rangers throughout the next days, throughout the next weeks, all that good stuff. Obviously, we're going to have more best and worst case scenarios for the rest of the Ranger forwards, uh, as well as the goalies and other players who may not be active on opening night for the New York Rangers, but who I think might eventually uh, find themselves suiting up for the Blue Shirts at some time this upcoming season. We will also talk quite a bit about the World Juniors and specifically the Ranger prospects who will be competing in the World Juniors. It's going to be really nice to uh, kind of get that as a way to hold us over until the start of the New York Rangers season. I'm definitely looking forward to the World Juniors tournament. And we also may get into some NHL betting odds courtesy of our friends over at betonline.ag. We'll take a look at who's favored to win the Stanley Cup, who might be a little bit of a dark horse, all that good stuff. And obviously, if anything else happens with Henrik Lundqvist, if there are any further developments there, we will talk about that as well. But getting back to the best case and worst case scenarios, we are going to move from Chris Kreider to Mika Zibanejad. In a worst case scenario, I mean, I suppose you could make the argument that Mika finally starts to plateau a little bit. He's already a hell of a player, so even if that happened, it's really not the worst thing in the world. And it's certainly something you can live with because you're talking about somebody who had 75 points in just 57 games last season. And I suppose there could be some modest regression in a absolute worst case scenario for Mika Zibanejad. Maybe it's a situation where he goes back to being somewhere around a point per game player. It's at least possible. I don't really think it's going to happen because when you look at Mika Zibanejad's career, and we've talked about this before, but he just gets better and better every season. Now, to ask him to put up 75 points in 57 games, that's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to do season after season after season after season. So yeah, it's possible he could slightly regress a little bit. But even in that scenario, you still get yourself a heck of a player and a guy who I think is easily a top 20 player in this league, which leads us into our best case scenarios. I think in a best case scenario, Mika Zibanejad becomes the absolute best sniper in the NHL. And I do not say that lightly, but we're doing best case scenario here. And I think that possibility is at least on the table. Mika not only led the NHL in goals per game last season with 0.719 goals per game, but he scored on 20% of his shots on goal last season, which is just insane. And if you lead the NHL in goals per game, does that not make you the best sniper in the league? At the very least, it puts you in the conversation. And one of the craziest parts about this whole thing is he's still just 27 years old. And again, he has gotten better and better and better in all four seasons that he has been with the Rangers. 2018-2019, Zibanejad was knocking on the door of becoming a truly elite superstar in this league. And this past season, man, he kicked the door right off the hinges. I mean, he is there 
If anyone wants to argue that Mika Zibanejad is not a top 20 player in this league, then they just have not been paying attention over these past two seasons specifically. But can he continue this ascent? Can he take his game to a level that we have not seen to this point? Can he get even better than 75 points in 57 games? Absolutely. Especially when he now has a more talented team surrounding him than he's ever had in his life. Last season, again, 41 goals and 34 assists for a total of 75 points in 57 games. And he did that all while rarely playing with Panarin, at least at even strength. But now look at all the talent that's surrounding Zibanejad. You've got Kreider. He's still solid as a rock out there. Buchnevich, you know, the jury is still out. Like I said, we're going to talk about him in a second. But I'm still optimistic about Pavel Buchnevich. Those two will probably be his line mates at the start of the season. But then you've also got Panarin. Nothing really needs to be said about Panarin. He's fantastic. In instances where him and Zibanejad are on the ice together, they're capable of producing magic. We did see that in spurts last season. Capo Caco, very likely to improve this season. And then Alexi Lafreniere, he has been labeled a generational talent. Not to mention, once again, the many talented defensemen on the Rangers that can contribute offensively. So again, this is the most talented team that Mika Zibanejad has ever been a part of. And I think he's plenty capable of putting up a career best season this upcoming year, even coming off of a season where he had 75 points in 57 games. And in a best case scenario, I think it gets to the point where Mika Zibanejad is hands down a top 10 player in the NHL if he's not there already. And he might be there already. But, you know, maybe we can do that in the future. Maybe we can do an episode where we try to name every player in the NHL who is currently better than Mika Zibanejad, and we'll try to figure out whether Mika is in the top 10 as everything stands right now. If he's not in the top 10, he is very, very close. And in a best case scenario, Mika Zibanejad remains one of the elite players in this league for many, many seasons going forward. Wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner by going on Twitter and going to at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Once again, that is promo code locked on in all caps and you will get your sign up bonus. Hashtag betonline. Closing out the best and worst case scenarios for every New York Ranger who I think will be on the top line this season, we move to the right wing, and that's going to be Pavel Buchnevich. And I will say, I think he's got as big of a range as anyone on the Rangers as far as best case and worst case scenarios, because this could really go to one extreme or the other extreme or anywhere in between. Because we have seen flashes throughout Buchnevich's four seasons as a Ranger where it looks like he's about to take off. And then there's times where he's a ghost and you don't even realize that he's out there. But we'll start with these worst case scenarios here. So I think in a worst case scenario, Buchnevich just doesn't take advantage of playing on the Rangers' top line alongside Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider as much as he should, and it results in him dropping out of a top-six role. And last year, there weren't really any players who were threats to Buchnevich. If you were going to take Pavel Buchnevich off of the top line, then who takes his place? Jesper Foss? I mean, I love Jesper Foss, but he's not a top-line right winger. Capo Caco? 
Yeah, I mean, he didn't do enough last season to justify such a move, you know, moving up to the top line. But this season, he's got some competition. I think Capocacco is going to be a lot better this season. We could see a scenario where Chris Kreider ends up moving to the right wing. That's at least possible. And, you know, maybe somebody like Julian Gauthier takes a step forward this season. And I think in a worst-case scenario for Pavel Buchnevich, we probably see him not quite pulling his weight on the top line. He eventually gets replaced by one of those players that I just mentioned. He ends up being the odd man out. And in a worst-case scenario, if Buchnevich does indeed drop out of the top six, then I think he might really struggle to make an impact on the third line or even the fourth line because, you know, even right now, Buchnevich occasionally disappears despite playing on the Rangers' top line with Mika Zibanejad and with Chris Kreider. So what do you think is going to happen if he's on the third line with guys like Brian Lemieux or Philip Hedl? or Brett Howden. It's nothing against any of those players, but let's be honest here, they have not yet reached the level of a Zibanejad or a Kreider. So yeah, there is a low floor here for Pavel Buchnevich, but I also think there's a high ceiling. So let's get into that right now. It's always good to end these with the best case scenario. So we wrap up talking about a certain player feeling good. So Buchnevich, in a best case scenario, he starts this season the way he concluded the previous regular season. And this is so easy to forget because last year's regular season before the pandemic happened, it feels like it happened about 10 years ago. But yeah, Buchnevich was one of the hottest players on the Rangers down the stretch last year. In his last 21 regular season games, Pavel Buchnevich scored nine goals, put up 12 assists. So 21 points in his last 21 games doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that's a point per game level of production from Pavel Buchnevich. And it's not like you know, it's kind of a small sample size, but not really. This is not a situation where, you know, somebody has five points in four games and you just kind of shrug it off like, oh, well, he's hot. He'll come back down to earth. No, this was a 21-game stretch. This ended up being about a third of the Rangers season last season. So you had a situation where Pavel Buchnevich was delivering on a night-in and night-out basis right up until the end of the regular season. And he did it because he was engaged. He was decisive. He was fighting for pucks. He would drive to the net. He just became more assertive. You know, Buchnevich is a big guy. He's got to use that to his advantage. Pavel Buchnevich is six foot three, 197 pounds. We need that guy. We need this version of Pavel Buchnevich. We don't need the guy who disappears for 10 games at a time and ends up getting benched by Coach Quinn because he's not engaged out there. You know, we did an episode where we were fortunate enough to have former New York Ranger defense and Tom Laidlaw join the show. Definitely go back and check out those episodes if you missed them. But we got into talking about the current Ranger team. And Tom mentioned Pavel Buchnevich as someone that he thinks David Quinn can be very tough on. But he does it, or Tom believes that he does it, because he wants Buchnevich to reach his potential. And I agree. We've seen Quinn bench Buchnevich. He even benched Buchnevich in a game where Buchnevich had scored a goal. Now, granted, it was kind of a fluky goal. And beyond that, Buchnevich wasn't really all that engaged in that game. Just one of those games where you barely notice that he's out there. But I think Quinn does that not out of malice, not because he's trying to embarrass him. He's trying to light a fire. He's trying to pull something out of Pavel Buchnevich. And maybe it succeeded because, like we were just talking about, Buchnevich was on fire down the stretch last season. You know, we talk about all these great players on the Rangers, guys who are established like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And then we also talk about these young up-and-comers, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco. You know, Ryan Strom is somebody who kind of uh, had a breakout season last year. But those are the guys you expect to have big seasons for the Rangers, right? But what if Pavel Buchnevich goes on to have a career year? That's when you've really got something if you're the Rangers. Because all those players we just mentioned, we already feel really good about them. But what if somebody like Buchnevich or Hedl or, I don't know, Brett Howden... What if one of those guys who's shown flashes in the past but not quite put it all together, what if one or more of those guys who still has potential takes off and has just a big-time breakout season? That's when you've really got something. And I think Buchnevich, he's kind of the poster child of this very scenario. He's the one that you can kind of make yourself believe that he could be close to a breakout. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star or anything like that, but he could be someone who establishes himself as somebody who's going to be a consistent threat and somebody who's going to stick in the Rangers' top six. And he can do that by starting this season the same way that he finished last season. 
Should also be noted, Buchnevich is in the final year of his contract, so it's possible that he gets moved at some point. I mean, it goes back to the theme that we've talked about here, that you can't keep everybody, but we will see. If Buchnevich wants to stay with the Rangers and he wants a nice pay raise, then he's got to bring it the way he did at the end of last year's regular season. We'll see if he can keep that kind of production up, but you got to figure he's going to be plenty motivated coming into the season. And a motivated Pavel Buchnevich is definitely a good thing for the Rangers, and that's something that will happen in a best-case scenario. One last thing that I wanted to do real quick here at the end of today's episode is just kind of take a look at the newest version of the NHL calendar for this upcoming season. First of all, circle January 13th on your calendar because that will mark the start of the NHL's 56-game regular season. Definitely looking forward to that day. The regular season will then end on May 8th. That's a little bit different. The original ending date for the regular season was initially May 1st, but hey, whatever works. Uh, formal training camps will begin on January 3rd for the Rangers as well as the other 23 teams that made the postseason tournament last season. The seven teams that did not play in the postseason last year will be able to open their camps as early as December 31st. So I guess not making the playoffs buys you an extra three days of practice if you so desire to use those extra three days. There will not be any preseason games. I'm going to be talking about that in our next episode as well. I think that is to the detriment of a young team like the New York Rangers. I would just feel a little bit better if there were a couple preseason games before the regular season started, but that is what's happening right now. No preseason games. Also, the Stanley Cup playoffs will return to a standard 16-team tournament. Every single round will be a best of seven, and this is big too. There are realigned divisions, as was speculated. There will be a division of only Canada teams, and then you will get a West, a Central, and an East for the rest of the NHL. The Rangers division will also consist of the Boston Bruins, Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Washington Capitals. So definitely not an easy division for the Rangers. The top four teams of every division in the NHL next season will make the postseason. So the Rangers, they got to finish ahead of at least four of those teams if they want to see the postseason in 2020. 2021. The entire regular season will consist of only division matchups, which is actually kind of exciting to me. I, I'm all for, you know, seeing more of the Islanders, seeing more of the Flyers, seeing more of the Bruins, all the Ranger rivals. I don't need to see the Rangers play the Hurricanes four times a year. I don't need to see the Rangers play the Coyotes twice a year. Who cares? Give me more divisional matchups. I think that's actually pretty awesome. And like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NHL calendar and the division realignment. There's also a rumor that the Rangers might be playing the Boston Bruins on NHL's opening night on January 13th. So we'll talk about all that as well. That's not confirmed, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. But we'll get into that in greater detail in a future episode. As of now, the plan is for teams to play games in their home arenas, but there will not be any fans in attendance, at least during the initial parts of the season. But obviously, depending on whatever happens going forward, if it's deemed safe that fans can re-enter the arenas, maybe at limited capacity, it sounds like the NHL is open to doing just that. But when the season starts, going to be empty arenas uh, for these NHL games, but the games will be played in teams' home arenas. So definitely going to be a unique start to the regular season, but also one that I think a lot of us are certainly looking forward to. But that will do it for today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.